Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the John Campion Podcast, episode number 40 for Monday, August the 15th, 2016. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and uh, a guy that a lot of you have been asking since I started the John Campia Podcast to be on this show is with me today, ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only, the legend, Mr. Jeremy Johns. How you doing, Jeremy? <laughs> I'll give my own round of applause here. Uh, yeah, that, dude, I am doing well, and it's always a pleasure to be on uh, anything that you do. When I'm in town, we always want to collaborate, but usually I'm doing other stuff. Yes. And so it's really hard with a lockdown schedule. So you were like, you know what? Come on up, or come on down, rather, and we'll have you on some stuff. So it's great to be here, John. Yeah, Thank which you. is it's really fortuitous because not only are you here now, but as you and I both tweeted out yesterday, yes. you and I are both going to be guests hosting on uh, Movie Talk Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, the word is out, and the fans are going a little nuts on the triumphant return of John <laughs> and the uh, the dynamic duo of the both of us. You know, We'll, we'll try to crash the internet. And watch this. There's going to be absolutely nothing worth talking about on the news <laughs> yeah. tomorrow, like, <laughs> like, at all. Yeah, we're like, well, that Ben-Hur came out. How great is that? <laughs> <laughs> and you and I just, just – just, you were on Film HQ with us at Comic-Con. Yes, yes. Which is, this This is interesting. A lot of people know that Jeremy and I, you know, we tweet back and forth a lot, but we never actually physically met yes. until Comic-Con two years ago. Yeah, um, well, we, we met once uh, before that. We did? On, uh, it was when it was, uh, you were doing AMC, and it was when Lego Movie just opened big, and so we were talking about that. Oh, that that was before? I believe it was, yes. The Comic-Con? Yeah. Now I feel dumb, because I, I had in my own head that, no, that was the first time we actually physically met, was that Comic-Con. No, well, it was the first, because right there, it was like in, we, we did our thing, and it was business out, but Comic-Con, we really got a, a sit down, we got to hang out a bit, we yep. did a couple of things. You crashed at our place? I crashed at your place, which you were like, hey, stay at our... First of all, for those of you who don't know, this place was really swanky. And so I'm looking around like, oh, my God, John Campia is hooked up at Comic-Con. And so we're all hanging out. And there's that thing in your head where you're like, I mean, admittedly, I don't want to sound like a mooch, but you're like, I really hope this guy really just asked me to crash here. Maybe if I drink enough and I'm in bad shape, he won't send me on my way. Uh, but uh, but no, th- th- I mean, in, throughout the day, you were like, hey, crash here. I was like, holy fuck. He's, re- he's really serious about that. Am I allowed to swear on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and then so, yeah, so we, we got a lot of actual real interaction time. It wasn't business yeah. time. And so that's that's it is a true interaction at that point. That was that place was like a 5000 square foot dual floor penthouse suite overlooking the ocean on one side and the convention center on the other. It- with like a 12-person hot tub, a 2,000-square-foot outdoor space. I mean, it was... I imagine a lot of people listening to this have seen The Dark Knight. You know that place that Bruce Wayne's <laughs> crashing in? It reminded me of that. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. It really set Comic-Con. It really sets a standard in your head where you're like, Comic-Con's the coolest thing yeah, I can go yeah, to. Yeah. Even if I crash in a scumbag hotel now, I still have the stigma of that really cool <laughs> hangout in my head. So it really did lay out the foundation for Comic-Con for me. So thank you for that. And now every year's a disappointment ever since. <laughs> um, so, okay, look, we got, I, I want to spend a lot of today just basically talking to you about you. Okay. And not only questions that I have, but I asked, uh, I let everybody know on my social media. If you're not following me, make sure you're following me on Facebook and on Twitter, at John Campia. But I asked the people following me on social media, send in some questions. So we got a bunch of questions for you as well that I have not pre-screened. Oh, shoot. So I'll try to pre-screen oh, each the next question as you're answering <laughs> the previous one to make sure I don't ask anything too stupid. You're going to tune out and not listen to me. That's pretty far for the course <laughs> for people I talk with. It's all good. Um, but I figure, you know, since you and I are both here, people continue to talk. It just fin- finished the second weekend. People continue to talk about Suicide Squad. Yes. And – both in terms of the quality of the film itself mm-hmm. or lack thereof, depending mm-hmm. on who you ask, 
the controversy surrounding it, does it, does it reemphasize that there is a bias against DC? Does it uh, affirm that there is no bias against you know, all that kind of stuff? But just starting just with your opinion of Suicide Squad, for those who haven't seen your Suicide Squad review, what did you think of Suicide Squad? I enjoyed Suicide Squad. It's a flawed film, but it is the most fun I've had in the current DC Cinematic Universe. And I w- I'm glad you asked this question, by the way, because <laughs> you start thinking like all the Suicide Squad talks dying down and no one will ever actually hear this thing I had in my head yesterday. I'm driving to the airport to come here. Right. And uh, I... I it, I realized what this DC and Marvel Cinematic Universe thing is, and I've been here before. It's Super Nintendo versus Sega Genesis. Right. It happened, and I, I was around when that happened. I've seen all this before, and it's like this. We'll say Marvel is the Super Nintendo. And uh, DC is the Sega Genesis. Now I had a Sega Genesis. I still I got as a, did I. I have a Sega Genesis and a Sega CD, and they both still work. Wow! Right? Okay, that I cannot boast. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I needed that Sega CD that had Sewer Shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of games that were good for it, um, but it really was ahead of its time. But the point is. Super Nintendo made the the well-constructed games. Like if you, you mm. line them up, you can look at it and be like, all right, that is exactly how a system should be from start to finish, right? I just, I just think it is. Now, anyone who is on the Sega Genesis side will defend Sega Genesis until their dying breath, as will DC fans of the DC Cinematic Universe. And as much as you don't want to pit them to, against each other, you don't, I'm one of those people like, you love both, love both. You know, yeah. why do we have to be in a war? But the fact is, some people... They, they just like gravitating towards a side. And some people have gravitated towards a side. So at that point, um, DC fans will defend DC as Sega Genesis fans right, defend yes. Sega Genesis and Marvel, Super Nintendo, vice versa. I think Super Nintendo did it better than Sega Genesis, although I love Sega Genesis and bought a Sega Genesis as I think Marvel is setting up their universe in a better way than DC is setting up their universe. They're doing it just chronologically better more fleshed out but in the end i enjoy both for what they have to offer and they have unique things to offer i feel like like dc is like we're comic books but we're more metal you know it's like it goes (laughs) for the same demographic that sega genesis went for um whereas super nintendo was a lot less niche and a lot more accessible for a lot of people be it a little more families could go to that more than they could go like be like oh yeah timmy have a sega genesis you know um but that's the way I see it. Like I, I, I like all of them for their better, for their unique reasons. I feel like Marvel's doing it a little smarter than DC, but I still had a lot of fun with Suicide Squad. And you know, if you love it, great, love it with confidence. And if you don't like it, awesome. And you know, hate it, but let people who love it love it. You know, that's the way I see that stuff. Yeah, I was the same way. Like I, I mean, people who've been listening to this podcast know my feelings on it. I think it's a hot mess of a movie. Right. It, it really is. But underneath the hot mess, I found there was enough positives there for me to walk out having had fun. Yes. And you know, I've had some people write to me and say, how can you acknowledge all these bad things about it and still say you, you enjoyed it? Because we're not so weak that we can't acknowledge the bad things about a movie we enjoy. Yeah. That's, it's, it's okay. You are allowed to do that. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. So I saw the film. I thought – Look, I know a lot of people I know and respect did not like Jared Leto's Joker. Yes. Jared Leto's Joker totally worked for me. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who didn't like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn totally worked for me. And all the stuff with those two I thought was great. The interaction with the team I thought was great. And yeah, the story was super weak. It was totally messy. And I walked out, much like I did with Batman vs. Superman, where I walked out of Batman vs. Superman going, you know, I enjoyed that film. But I can totally see why there's going to be a lot of people that don't. And right. I kind of feel the same way about Suicide Squad. Like, hey, I get it because you and I – we have a lot of colleagues mm-hmm. who did not like Suicide Squad. Yes. Now, there is – you probably know how I feel about this, but there's there's a, 
a rumbling out there that may be amongst film critics, which makes me laugh because a lot of times people treat film critics as if they're another species. Yeah, deities or something like that. Like they're yeah. not like people. It's like we're people. We wake <laughs> up, we eat cornflakes or whatever we eat in the morning and we go about our day. Yeah, I try to explain that to a lot of people. It's like, people, well, there's a difference between the critics and the fans. No, no. See, the critics are fans. Mm-hmm. They just happen to watch more movies than most people. Yeah, than we, the average we turned on fan. a camera and we started talking about movies. That's the difference between us and anyone who might be listening to this. That's and just what happened one day. Now, so let me ask you this question. And this is going to sound a little leading, but so be it. Out of all the th- other film critics you know, mm-hmm. and out of all the ones that you know that did not like Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. do you personally know any that you just knew this person hates anything DC and they're going to give it a negative review no matter what? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, and, and I knew where you were going with this because there's the, there are those weird stigmas. It's like, well, if they liked it, they must be bought or paid off or they have an agenda or something like yeah. that. And people can sniff that out. I mean, shit talkers are going to be shit talkers. Yes. And people are going to say whatever for the sake of talking shit. But if someone really believes and sniffs out, and people will always sniff out someone who is actually paid off or someone who's actually trolling or someone who actually has an agenda, if fans sniff that out, they're going to stop coming to you for yeah. their source Real of damn information. Quick. Yeah, really quickly. So anyone with a brain will be like, you know what? People might not like my opinion, but it's still going to be my honest opinion, and they're just going to roll with that. And that is the reality of the situation. I don't personally know anybody. I can't think of anyone who I don't know online who was – who might have an agenda. It's just like it's a weird thing to say that there is an agenda because they didn't like what I like. Yeah, or, you know. I, which, which is nonsense because according to the online theories, I am – not a lot of people know this. You may not know this either. I am the richest man in Hollywood, by the way. Oh, because you're bought by everybody? Uh, everybody, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I liked uh, Avengers Age Ultron, so I'm uh, bought by Disney. Yes. I like Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters. I enjoyed it with a lot of flaws, but I enjoyed it. So a lot of people thought, also believe I'm being paid off by mm-hmm. Disney. I like Suicide Squad, so I'm being paid off by DC. Um, <laughs> if I, well, I'm, You and I are going to go see Ben-Hur tonight. If I end up liking that, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say I'm paid off by <laughs> Paramount. Uh, so I, it, just, it just doesn't happen. But, but, but really, you do see – this this dichotomy happening in the film fandom space where it's like – and this concerns me where it's like if somebody doesn't like what I like or if somebody dislikes what I do like, then we have gone from a place of being, oh, cool, we have differences of opinion. Let's talk about it to a place of we now what I call make excuses for other people not enjoying what we enjoy, whether it's you're biased. No, no, you're just making an excuse for why I don't think you I agree with you. You're paid off. No, no, no. Again, you're just making an excuse for and it, it's really troubling. Do you notice that from from the YouTube front as well? Yeah, and and uh, I mean, I, I do want to preface this entire thing. Neither of us are actually saying the majority of people are in these boats. No, the, not there at all. are allowed very few. It's like I always attribute it to if you have an auditorium full of very civil people, which most of most of our fans are. You have those five loud drunks in the back, but, but that's, that's who all you, you hear. hear. Absolutely, all you hear are the five loud drunks in the back. Um, I've noticed more and more. A lot of people have been vocal about the prospect. It's like people lost the ability. It's very love and hate. It's like you need to love something or hate it. You can't be in the middle. You yeah. can't like like it but have flaws. You can't love it and recognize its flaws. It's very like, no, you either need to love this thing or hate this thing. It's a thing. 10 or a zero. Yeah, and and I, I've never really subscribed to that. I mean, even Siskel and Ebert, who were they, – they came up with the thumbs up, thumbs down. It's right. like watch it or don't, but they still would say, hey, it has these flaws, but watch it. Right. Or it uh, – 
oh, it, was, it, it did this, this, this right. But in the end, now nah, I'm going to say skip it, you know? So even among the watch it and don't watch it, there is a scale in between where it's like, yeah, but it has X wrong with it or Y wrong with it. Right. And so, uh, yeah, but I, I have noticed that it's been much more vocal. It's very fascinating. It's a fascinating human study. It's the yeah. way I choose to see this kind of stuff. And it takes a studio like DC to make these divisive films for, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for us to talk about them. Yeah, which... I was thinking about Wonder Woman recently. I was like, I, I, I mean, in my trailer review, I was like, Wonder Woman was the coolest trailer of Comic-Con that I actually saw. It was. it was actually really cool. And I was like, I don't know much more about it, but I can promise you this. It'll be a divisive film. Yeah. <laughs> probably. I, see, I didn't think so. And then I saw Suicide. It's like, oh, damn it. It yeah, probably maybe will, it will be a divisive, be a divisive film. film. For sure. I don't know. I, I'm putting a lot of faith in, in Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Um, I feel like if Wonder Woman, I mean, because it was the coolest looking one. And uh, although they're doing... Uh, the DC films where it's like, hey, here's the collabor- the collaboration of all the characters. Then you get their sides, uh, their personal arcs, which is very interesting. It's it's backwards from what uh, Marvel, Marvel did. did. Which I, I applauded that they did it this way, actually. Yeah, it was really, it's really interesting. I do feel like it would have uh, worked out better. And maybe that's what it is, like growing pains. People are mm-hmm. like, well, I latched onto the Marvel thing and I know that that's the way. This really goes against the grain. I don't know how to really assimilate that information. Um, I don't know, but uh, I, I do feel like if Wonder Woman isn't good, like unanimously, like, hey, you know, by and large, it's not that great. Um, I really do wonder what will happen to their cinematic universe. I don't know. It's it's an odd place that they're in because yeah. by the time Wonder Woman comes out, Justice League's going to be in the can. Right. Like, so, so they're yeah. releasing that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where things go. Okay. Well, well we talked enough about Suicide Squad and okay. going on here. I want to get more into... Jeremy Johns. You want to get into the boring stuff. I want to get into the boring stuff. And <laughs> for, for those of you, I mean, this is an audio-only podcast, but what you can't see is that every after each sentence that Jeremy speaks, it's like he shifts in time and he goes from one position to another position very quickly, almost like a flash edit. Yes. And then says his next sentence. And then yes. it's like, there's a static thing that happens. Yeah. It's not jump cuts at all. It's actually how <laughs> it's I work. It's actually in live action. This is really <laughs> right. odd. I don't use any cuts in my videos, folks. <laughs> I'm just a, a master of the space time continuum. Which is funny because the jump cut editing is how you and I first started having conversations online. Yeah. And how people online thought we'd hate each other. Yes. Because it's beautiful. I remember this thing because some, I was doing, this was an early, early episode of movie talk it might have actually still been called for your consideration i'm not sure at this yeah, point it wasn't it, it wasn't the studio setup you had before this but it was like a red curtain it was the closet I, I it was that. the storage closet at the amc okay yeah the red curtain with a white glass table yeah that's the stuff and just room for like two people on it right and somebody asked me a question about the the style of jump cut editing. right and i remember saying at the time I said it's not it's not my preferred style of thing. It's it's not one that that I enjoy. I like hearing the the free flowing thoughts of the presenter, and so it's not no, it's not my cup of tea. But I said there's one guy who does it that even though it's the style I don't like, I really watch his stuff because he's really good. And it's a guy by the name of Jeremy Johns. But that's not how it came to your ears. Oh, no. How did it come to your ears? A lot of my beloved fans, people got to know this about my fans. My fans are the most supportive group to an almost family-like degree, like to the right. point where they're like, they will ravenously defend me, even if- At this point, we had never no, conversed. Never, never interacted no. at all. And even to the point where they're like, this guy said something about your style, and that's a personal attack against you. I was like, well, let me check this out, you know? And so uh, I looked at it, 
And in the comment section, I was like, well, I use jump cuts. And when you were talking, like, oh, you know, I don't like jump cuts. I think it's, you know, it's a weak style, this and that. And I'm like, oh, my God. this guy, Like, well, he hasn't said anything personally. You're like, but there's this one guy. And I really, it's like when you feel like you're going to get an award in class. You're like, wait, wait, are they talking about my science project? You know, and you start getting really antsy. And you're like, you start flexing. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, maybe I get to stand up. And you said, Jeremy Johns, I like what he has to say. You can tell he has a head on his shoulders. I just don't like his style. And I'd probably like his videos more if he didn't do jump cuts. And I was like, well, that's not an insult. And so, uh, and so, uh, you know, in the comment section, I said something about why I did jump cuts. And on Twitter, you were like, hey, I hope you don't feel I was insulting you. I was like, no, the way I see it, if someone doesn't like a style that someone does, but they like the videos that someone does using that style, that's more of a compliment, really. Oh, because I, that, that's how it was intended. Yeah. Because I think, you know, and this is the funny thing is that, you know, so many things work different ways, but it's like the most important thing is not to find a style you like. The most important thing is to find, and I mentioned this on a follow-up show, was that a style that works for what you mm -hmm. do. Right. And I think I said that a little bit later on is that like for what Jeremy Johns does and how he does it, that style works for him. Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly engaging and entertaining the way you do it. Um, and so I've always really appreciated that. But But let's get into – you doing this stuff, like because I th a lot of people know Jeremy Johns yes. as the as the best dressed film guy on YouTube, <laughs> uh, and they go and they see this high uh, high professional looking dude, but it didn't start off that way. No, um, talk a little bit about the origins about. You know, what got you into doing this in the first place? And what were you doing at the time when you kind of got into it? Well, I, I can say this also. There have been a few things that I've been on where people have asked like, hey, what's the origin of, of you? How'd you start? And there's always a little bit extra or some information that I – I put in one that I didn't put in the other advice. So if you guys can find all of it and <laughs> listen to all of it, you get a nice compendium of everything that was going through my head because a thousand things went through my head. But best I can remember, um, my friends were talking about YouTube and they're like, yeah, there's this so-and-so. I think it was when Fred was huge. Fred was like the number one guy on YouTube, <laughs> right? And they're like, that guy has like a million subscribers. There is it like – because my friends and I just talk movies. We still do. It's just what right. we do for fun. And so uh, – um, I, they were like, you should go on camera and just talk movies. I remember one time at PAX, it was like the PAX, the September before I actually started YouTube. And for those who aren't familiar oh, with the PAX is? Uh, PAX is a video game expo that's in Seattle. It became right. really huge after E3 shut their doors to the public. And PAX <laughs> was like, well, you guys can come here. And then PAX just exploded, right? So it's our, it's, it's our own Seattle pride. Now there are PAXs everywhere, but we were, we were PAX prime until we were busted down to PAX West. Right. But, um. So anyhow, I'm at PAX. This guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, uh, do you want to do an interview? I just need to interview people for this website. I was like, yeah, sure. And so we both had microphones. And we're both talking back and forth. And I remember my friend Nathan, who you met at Comic-Con. I brought him to Comic-Con. And he's standing there with this really deep thought look on his face while I'm while me and this guy were talking. Just like he's he's thinking about something. And so I get done with the, the thing, uh, the whole interview. And he gives me his card. I was like, cool. And I went over to Nathan. I was like, all right, man, you ready to go? He's like, all right, I'm going to tell you this. I'm trying to find out ways to make money off of you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, why? And he goes, I don't, I didn't know. Like I couldn't hear anything that was being said, but just in terms of mannerism, I didn't know who was interviewing who. Mm. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And so a, almost a year goes by and I have this camera that I haven't used because my friends and I had really high hopes of making short films, which is ball numbingly grinding and difficult to collaborate right. with yeah. people. And so uh, I had this camera that I wasn't using and then uh, I was like, you know what? I have the camera. I have the light kit. I even have this little green screen that is the same green screen I use to this day. Wow. Have not upgraded in seven years. No. Um, and uh, 
And so I was like, how about this? Let's just put this thing up and I'll talk about Transformers because I really hated Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. It was right after Revenge of the Fallen came out. And so I put this up and I just kind of rant about Transformers Revenge of the Fallen uh, for a background. I, I used the jump cuts also because uh, I was... I would watch Phil DeFranco videos, which right, is kind of like, he, he this is a nice of, little plug for Phil DeFranco out there. Uh, one of the not, forerunners Not that. that he needs it. Um, yeah, but I, I would watch Phil DeFranco and I loved how I would sit there for three minutes and get the information that would usually encompass a 10-minute video, right. but all the cuts just sliced it down to taking up three minutes of my time. And with like the attention nonsense, I mean, it's hard to keep my attention. Um, I am ADD prime. <laughs> and so uh, I was like, I loved that style because it kept my attention. It was fast. And then afterwards, get the fuck out. Go to the next video, right? And I was like, beautiful. And so I just did that style. Uh, a red background was great because my initial video was a very angry video and red's an angry color. <laughs> and so I used that and I just did the video. Cut it together, throw it up. It took me like a weekend to cut it together. Now it takes me about two hours. It took me right. a weekend to do that first video. Threw it up, didn't tell anyone I knew about it, right? I was like, I am not. Because I, if they're like, yeah, well, I liked you in it, you know? <laughs> like then you know, it's just going to break your heart. And then all my coworkers found out about it. And so we all, they all crowded me in the office. So like, we're going to watch this. And I was like, well, this is either going to keep me going or it's going to demoralize the living shit out of me. And they watched it. And it's still my boss to this day. My old boss was like, that's still my favorite video of yours. It's your Transformers Revenge of the Fallen video. Um, and they were all really supportive of it. And uh, I was a projectionist at the movie theater at the time. So they would let me edit my videos in the projection booth when I didn't have any video, any movies to start. And so I would film the night before my because they had a really good understanding. They were a good company. There are other companies I've worked for, theater companies, that are not so good. I'm going to – you know what? I'm going to give them a – Galaxy Theaters was the company. Really? The good one. The good the one. good one, yes. Very good company. Um, and they were super nice. And everyone, my boss at the time, the CEO, they all knew what I was doing because they were like, this isn't supposed to be where you end up. It's supposed to be your in-between shit and you're supposed to find your stuff. Right. So if you can find a way to have more – Edit the videos in the projection booth, you know, do what you need to do. And I, I just found it remarkably supportive as opposed to some of the other companies I've worked for, which are pl complete shitbag companies. <laughs> and so I did. And at a point you, you, you start, I didn't even know you can make money on this. Like I had oh, no God, idea you can yeah. make, uh, I didn't know what AdSense was. And so about my Sherlock Holmes review, um, I get this, this message on YouTube. It's like, you can apply to become a YouTube partner and get paid for this. I was like, what? And so it takes you like two months to get your first hundred bucks or What three is this months. necromancy? Yeah, I was like, what's this witchcraft? I know I was doing it because it was fun. I just thought it was a neat thing to do. It was a nice little outlet, you know, to, to throw out there and see interaction. All the fans would interact and, you know, fans online were like, oh my gosh, this is good. I was like, really? They like it? That's weird. I'm just, it's just me, you know? Mm. And, uh, and so you do it to a point where you go to your boss, you're like, I don't know how to work here anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> so then you quit your job, I guess. And then you just, you're officially that person who watches movies for a living, which is, let's face it, that was the dream. Right <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's not bad. Um, so like you made that transition then you, mm -hmm. you went from working because you were able to start earning enough money to pay mm -hmm. your bills and stuff like that. And now you're working in it. And a lot of people hear that as the dream. Yeah. And and look, let's let's not lie. We get to wake up, watch yeah. and talk about movies all yeah. day, which is amazing. But it doesn't come without its its downsides, especially in those early days. Absolutely. Where now you being able to pay your rent is mm -hmm. dependent on this. What were some of the challenges that you faced specifically, particularly in those early days? What were some things that were hard for you or difficult for you that you found challenging? Uh, sleepless nights for sure. Um, and it's really funny because even now when I screen a movie, I am not in video mode until midnight hits. Right. And 
a switch goes off in my head and I'm like, time to film. But if I watch a movie at 6 p.m., get out at 8, I'm just standing around like you have writer's block or something. And mm. I'm like, I don't know what to say. And then midnight hits because when we would screen the movies, it would be uh, at uh, like midnight. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's uh, let's I get out at 2 a.m. And so it would be like, all right, 4 a.m. I'm getting my video up. It's a lot of sleepless nights. And uh, so what would happen at that point is uh, I remember one night in particular. I mean, it's very what's the word? It's very competitive. You know, you have mm. all, you have these people, which we were the first few people reviewing movies online, and so everyone kind of interacted with everyone. But everyone had this friendly thing where it's like, all right, well, whoever gets the video up first, um, you know, we'll get gets, the bonus. Yeah, hits on it gets it. the bonus hits on it. And so um, at that point, I remember one night where. I uh, did a video, got it up, and then I, I was it was a late night for some reason, and 9 a.m. rolls around. And then it was a case of, okay, 9 a.m., oh, hey, here's this trailer dropped, and I was about to go to bed at 9 a.m., and I was like, okie doke, and I got my trailer <laughs> back up, and I set my camera back up, and I did an immediate video. I think it was for the Avengers, the first Avengers movie. Right. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's very competitive, a lot of sleepless nights. You have to get your stuff up. Not only fast, but you can't just get it up fast. You have to, you know, think your stuff out. You have to have well thought out um, yeah. conclusions. You got to have uh, your thoughts in order. Um, I used because it doesn't help you to get a hundred thousand views on a video if you're not proud of what those hundred thousand people are going to see. Right, and that doesn't right. help you long term at all. Not at all. No, no, no. It's it, it's a case of you want good product. I'm calling it product now. you want good videos you want good product um you you want something that you can look at and be like i I wouldn't change a thing there's always stuff that you forget though that's actually kind of a Mm. if i can self-reflect on uh, on myself it's always a thing where i'm like god damn it i forgot to say that or i forgot to say that i used to script out my stuff but if you look at my old videos which i can't so i invite (laughs) you to do it um but if you do it, uh, you'll you'll notice that it's a lot more. You can tell every line is a pre-read and then said pre-read said kind of thing. Whereas now, I just literally I I pace. I, there is upstairs. I will just pace around upstairs until I get my thoughts in order, and then I go right to the camera and I just fireball it. Sometimes there are moments where I'm like, "Damn it, I forgot to say that." And that was actually a really important thought. So if you guys can see that moment where my hair changes or <laughs> something. That's the re- what they call in the business reshoots. Yeah. There was one time I got so mad because it was, I mean, it's a late night. This was recent too. It was very recent. I had my Fitbit on and I took my Fitbit off and then I'm editing the video and something wasn't right and I refilm it. I mean, this is like 6 a.m. now. I'm totally dragging. And I notice when I'm pre-watching it before I export it that my Fitbit magically disappears from my wrist and then goes back on. And I was like, <laughs> I have to refilm that whole segment right there. So I had to get my stuff. That's go what a back script upstairs. supervisor is for, by yeah. the way. Oh, yeah. The no, continuity. No, no. This is the one-man show you're going right here. <laughs> this is this is good stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it, it, it's all built very, very nicely, you know, and, uh, it's, it's one of those things you reflect on and you're like, I really do have an audience of people who really like to hear my thoughts on stuff. And that's what you start noticing is that they just want to hear your thoughts on stuff. You know, it's like people want to hear specifically what I, Jeremy, have to say about that trailer. They've seen the trailer or they've seen the movie, but they want to know my thoughts about it. And it really is kind of a special connection that you start having with people. And, you know, like you get a few loud shitbags who are just there to talk shit. But majority of people are just super. They just want to know what you think about it. And that kind of like film kinship is just 
something that I always have with my friends, but it's just cool to really expand it. And you hear people like, hey, from Brazil, we love you. I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. I had no idea that in Brazil people were watching my stuff. You know, it's really You cool. and Michael Phelps, they, they love they <laughs> love you. Right? All right. I want to get into a couple of the email questions. Here. I, I, one more question for you before we do, though. Yeah. It's like you, you made the transition mm -hmm. and in you, you know, those, those early – the sleeplessness and the yeah. whatever trying to make it. But, you know, obviously that moment that you do quit your job, that's mm -hmm. that's a keystone moment. But after that, what would you think would be the next milestone moment for you where you realized, wow, I've, I've actually, I could define myself as a success at this. What was that, that milestone moment for you after you you quit your job and you're doing it this kind of as a full-time regular thing? Was there a particular moment that stands out to you that was like, well, I'm actually doing it. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, the first Comic-Con I went to, not only was it a pretty kick-ass pad that you had, but I remember walking around at Comic-Con and one of those booths, I could walk around and get stopped four times. Yeah. And I was like, how many fans do I have? And one of my friends was just asking me this. He's like, are you not aware of your online presence? He asked me this like day before yesterday. I was like, I don't think I am because <laughs> nothing switches in your head. To go, yeah, those numbers mean that now. You're still the guy who lives in that small town in Washington State who just puts up his camera and talks. Like, my lights are the same. My green screen's the same. My camera's a little different. My audio's a little different. The editing software is a little different. But all in all, it's the same actions that have happened. And at a point where um, I uh, didn't need roommates and I bought my own place. I bought a house, which is yeah. nice. Um, that That's a neat moment where you're like, I, I've seen people – work really hard at the, this is this is going to be a douchey thing that I, but like you know you need those milestones in your head so this is sure. a thing i thought about i always thought to myself at a point where google was like hey well we'll pay you for you know hits which is really pennies on the dollar for hits but uh for people who are wondering it's, it's always a funny thing when people think uh, youtube's a get rich quick scheme it's not no but um at the moment where i was like okay in four years if i could make what like i'll know someone in college and i'm like okay in four years, if I can make more than that person makes when he gets out of college or makes a little less maybe, but minus the debt, <laughs> minus I, the debt, I feel like this is a good path that I'm on right now. And, uh, you know, it's, I have no complaints about it. It's a, it's always a weird fishy thing talking money. Cause I would always hate those shit bags who were like, I make this much, you know what I right, mean? Yeah. My mom was married to a dickhead like that and she's not anymore, but he would always be like, guess how much I made last year. I'm like, fucking cares what you made last year. I, I didn't <laughs> ask you. Right. And so talking money is always like a weird thing where I just don't ever want to be like that person. But, uh, you, you know, at a point where you can clearly go, I've worked worse jobs and made much less than I make on YouTube. You can kind of step back for a second and you're like oh my god like how did i get how did i deserve to get here you know and, mm. and i still have no good answer for that except i just kind of did it one day <laughs> so i remember started. you and i were you did the as you have for the last few years you were on the masters of the web panel with yes. me this year and i remember there was this moment where you could just hear the air being let out of the room because you know whenever somebody comes to these things that, that things like that jeremy and i will do where we're talking to people about how to do what we do and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff everybody seems to be looking for how do I get rich really, rich and successful at this yes. really quick? And, yeah. and and the first thing I usually tell people at these panels is give up on that right now. Yeah. That is so unlikely to happen. And I said, I remember I gave them this one statistic. Okay, I just did this one month because my YouTube channel is a hobby channel. Mm -hmm. And I said, I did like one point something million views this, this past month, right? Do you know how much of, of a deposit I get? You know how much money I got for that? $419. Yeah. And I saw everybody in the place just get like, 
completely deflated because yeah. they thought, oh, I'm going to make a video that gets 5,000 views and I'll get $20,000 for yeah, it. It's like, no, no, I, mm, no that's <laughs> not really how this YouTube space works mm -hmm. per se. Now, you get the, the type of traffic numbers that even with that being the reality, you're able to, to have earn a living for yourself and do the whole thing. Um, which brings us this first question that oh, okay. I want to get to that comes from uh, Sonny Etchell. And Sonny writes, uh, hey, Jeremy, do you have any other jobs outside of YouTube? If not, what did you do before YouTube? Well, we already know you were working in the yeah. movie theater industry beforehand. Y yeah, I was working in the movie theater industry. I uh, Do you do anything now to supplement your income? Or did you, even when you quit your job, did you ever do other things outside to supplement your income? No, I, I don't like taking my next step until I know my – I don't like – going to second base until I know first base is no longer necessary. So I actually stayed at the theater for much you longer. You just described your dating life, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Oh, okay. I, no, no. Uh, I don't get to second base in my dating life, John. You have to know that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a case of I actually stayed at the theater for longer than I could have. Um, even one of my friends was looking around. He's like, you do live within your means, though. Like, you know, I mean, you, yeah. you, I've known so many stories of people who thought they made it big. They thought they made this big thing. And they start overspending. And then oh, at God, a point, yeah. it all falls apart. And now, I mean, things are getting hawked and repoed. I never want that. So I'm actually pretty financially conscious. I'm a big saver. Um but uh, yeah, so I stayed at the theater for longer than I needed to. And also like the sponsorships, I, I, I never wanted to be that person who blew up his channel with sponsorships. So I'll do a couple, a couple of sponsorships a month. And uh, that helps out. I just, <laughs> it, it actually helps out my mom. So now you guys know that. <laughs> um, but I mean, no, I don't honestly, I don't like the, the whole like charity case thing. So I don't say that lightly. But you're such an easy guy to open up to, John. <laughs> Here we are. And you, you pull it out of me as always. Uh, things I always hold close to the chest for some. Again, it sounds like you're describing your dating life. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm actually giving you a slow clap for that. That was actually really funny. That's good stuff. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that's why I took that on because I was like, okay, if, if, if she's ever going to get away from shitbag, you know, I mean, and so is uh, but it, that's the best thing about YouTube is that it does allow you, depending on where your mind is. I mean, I'm not saying anyone who gets financial gain of some sort is obligated to do this, but it is, it's nice to help out family. You know what I mean? If they, if, you know, so, and, and that's, it, it was, a, it was a very nice thing to be able to do. And some people may not realize, but you do also have kind of, kind of a side gig right now. You do uh, movie games. I am a on, I am a game show host. On the uh, Screen Junkies yes. Plus yes. Uh, subscription network. Right, right. Yeah. yeah doing I, good good stuff over there. I try. It was really funny because they came to me and they're like, yeah, we want you to be a game show host. And I was like, oh, oh what's that? <laughs> and so I start like flipping on Family Feud and I'm like, all right, Steve Harvey, what do you got? Show me the ropes, you know? Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I guess I I dress like a game show host and they made me a game show host, you know. <laughs> but uh, you move like a game show host. Oh, I try. <laughs> like a very Do I really good. You move like a really good, <laughs> energetic game show host. Well, yeah, I've always been high energy. I, I guess it's one of those things where in school, I, some of my teachers it drove them mad, some it didn't. But uh, it's a lot of times, like on the report card, it'll be like talks too much, a pleasure to have in class <laughs> every time in elementary school. That's what the report card would say. And so that high energy, that high energy. Um, way about me that I had or just kind of plays into YouTube and uh, that's the thing is like there are some people who you're like are you a character and then you meet them in real life and you're like oh you're, you're you play a character on your YouTube channel which is fine and great 
I I don't have the energy to do that. I just, it's enough just being me, man. It's exhausting enough just being me. So I just turn on the camera and just like, yeah, just be yourself. You yeah, know? and I I can testify to to that. Like who you see on Jeremy John's YouTube channel is who you see when you pick up Jeremy John's at the Los Angeles airport. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same guy. Maybe a little more tired, maybe, yeah, at the yeah, Los well, Angeles yeah, airport. Yeah, after a flight, yeah. And, and, and the guy who picks me up from the Los Angeles airport is a really irritated dude that had to drive <laughs> through LAX traffic to pick me up. Thank you for that, John. <laughs> All right, hey, listen, next question we got here is from uh, Jacob Fisher. He's asking a bunch of questions here. So okay. he's got four really quick rapid fire ones. Question number one, you'll answer first, I'll answer next. Favorite superhero movie? Favorite superhero movie of all time. Ooh, that's a really old Dark Knight. Uh, and I will go with probably the other side of that coin. I'm going to go Avengers. Of their first Avengers. Those are always the first two. Yeah, those are number one, number two. Least favorite superhero movie? Oh, God. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Oh, do you know I worked on that movie? Did you really? Yeah, but, I'm, but I totally yeah, I don't, don't disagree you don't with you. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't defend it. With the one that made Alan Moore straight up walk from Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, for me, it would be Batwoman. Or, or uh, oh, sorry, Catwoman. 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 Yeah, yeah. You know what's great about that? That was when I actually worked retail management. I didn't work at the theater. I didn't have to watch that movie, and I never have. You've never watched no. it? One of these days, you got to treat yourself. <laughs> yes, it Okay. Um, Favorite movie this year so far? Ooh, that's actually that's actually a little tougher. There are only a few. You know what's funny? Because I always uh, someone asked me that, and I was like, it's somewhere between uh, Deadpool and Civil War. I'm exactly there. And then yeah. someone was like, what about Ten Cloverfield Lane? And I was like, that was the big surprise for me. It I was didn't a very expect, surprising. Uh, but uh, Deadpool and uh, Civil War. S- yeah, for very different reasons. Um, yeah. And I, I'm i going to have a better answer at the end of the year when I actually have to put them in a ranking. But so far, Deadpool and Civil War, good stuff. All right. I'm actually going to have to pull up a list here to know myself. But then he's asking the obvious follow-up question that is least favorite movie Ooh. of the year so far. So if we're both going to say like pretty damn close between uh, Deadpool and uh, mm-hmm. Captain America's Civil War damn, there have been some there have been bad some ones. Bags the here. boss was terrible. And I like uh, McCarthy. I like McCarthy a lot. Yeah, I didn't um, hate that as much as a lot of other people. Like, surpri- really? surprisingly. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, man, the nice guys was off. Fifth Wave was terrible. Yes, that was terrible. Uh, Nerve was terrible. I enjoyed Nerve. Like, I actually enjoyed Nerve. Really? I saw Did your, you? I saw your review of it, but I actually enjoyed it. I thought the last part of Nerve was absurd. But uh, leading up to it, I actually had fun well, with him doing this stupid thing. You know my big pleasant surprise movie of the year? That I, didn't, I thought nothing of it, but I walked out charmed as hell. What's that? Um, Eddie the Eagle. I ended yeah. up very charmed, and I was—I had no expectations for that movie. Yeah, at it's all. like you can't actually walk out of Eddie the Eagle and hate it. No, like you just it, yeah. It, it, the very least, you're going to be like, all right, I saw it, and I don't need to see it again. But how can you not just be like, ah, good for him? You know what I mean? <laughs> like you just have. To. I felt good for. All right, so this next one comes from Anthony Rodriguez, and Anthony Rodriguez writes, uh, "Hey, John and Jeremy, you guys inspired me to create my own YouTube channel. Awesome, that's wonderful. That's Anthony. cool. Good job, dude. Uh, so thank you guys for being awesome and honest about your opinions. My question for you is." What are some struggles you may go through being in this online space? YouTube comments, trolls, work environment. I'm curious how you go through it. YouTube comments can hurt sometimes, which is why I asked. Um, you ain't wrong, Anthony. Yeah, you got to have thick skin, that's for sure. And I will say, when I first started, like there's there's kind of a thing in your head. When I first started from like one subscriber to 10,000, everyone was having a good time. I didn't, right. I didn't even run into trolls. And after that, you get a couple. The more you get, the more shitheads you're going to also. It's just... It's a byproduct of it, you know. It's like the more air you breathe in, the more toxins you also breathe in. I'm t- speaking at Los Angeles terms anyway, because the air down here is fucking weird and thick, dude. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, you 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 do have to turn your brain off to it. The worst for me is when you actually give your actual opinion, and uh, 
I mean, you're not just hating for this. You're just, you give out what you believe is like the well thought out thing. You're like, okay, in the end, people can just still agree with that. And that first time people are like, you don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, but why don't you know, why don't I know what I'm talking about? Do you have a reason for it? Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then it's like, well, you didn't. So the first time you run into that troll is going to sting a bit. And then after that, it gets easier. But I do get it. Like, I, one of the weirdest scenarios for me was Mad Max Fury Road. I loved it. I thought it was great. But I didn't say it was perfect. Mm. And so people were like, I can't. This one dude at a con literally came up to me. It was at, I believe, PAX. And he was like, how come you didn't like Mad Max Fury Road? And I stopped. And I was like, what review did you watch? And I called my friend Nathan. I was like, Nathan, what did I think of Mad Max Fury Road? And he was like, oh, you thought it was great. I was like, I thought it was great. I was like, did you have to, like, medicinally speaking, I had to know where this guy was coming from. I was like, did you watch it or did you get, like, where was, where was it coming from? He was like, I don't know. I just kind of got the feeling you didn't like it. I was like, I thought Mad Max Fury Road was God, great. I hate that so much. Yeah, right. Where, like, I'm reviewing a movie and it's like, hey, I, I watched this. I really liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought the characters were good and blah, blah. I mean, it's yeah, it has problems too. But, you know, overall, I was really pleasantly happy with the movie came out, enjoying it. And then somebody didn't read these comments. It's like, yeah, you can just tell from the lack of enthusiasm. Yeah, right, like, right. He didn't really like it. Yeah, it's right, like, right. If I didn't like yeah. it, I'd fucking say I didn't like it. <laughs> that assumption of what's in your head about yes. you. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a yeah. That's the thing where it's like I hate it when people are saying like they're pissed at you for not liking the movie as much as they liked it. I mean, it's yeah. like you know, if they it's not enough that you're on the same side. Yeah, right. Though, you're not, you're not on, on the same side enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's the most infuriating thing for me. And I'm like, come on, guys, bygones be bygones. Let's just all have fun here. So you know, it, I'm with you on it. It does get hard, but uh, sometimes you, you tune it out. Sometimes people have some things to contribute. You're like, hey, maybe I should, could have nailed that point home a little more, and you assimilate that information and you move on. But most of the time, you just you just uh, they're talking shit for the sake of talking shit. It sucks, but it is a bygone product of this online space. Yeah. And one of the things I try to tell, not just um, people who write me emails and ask me about stuff like this, but you know, when I have my staff, like I'll often talk to my staff and I'll say, look, one of the things you got to understand, and this is like really important for you to know, Tommy too, is that you could make a video today with you holding a baby seal and petting the baby pup seal and saying, we shouldn't club these little guys to death you're still going to get hate messages. Yeah, right, right. There's nothing you can possibly say. Yes. And that is like the, that's that's the gambit that we run when we do this online stuff. You put your opinion out there. Whenever you put it out there, you have to know there's going to be three groups of people, those who like it, those who don't like it, and those who are indifferent to it. Mm-hmm. And there, no matter what you say, all three of those in differing proportions are going to be there. And you just have to accept that right. before going in. Like, And then ev- after that, everything that Jeremy said, you got to have a little bit of a thick skin. Some stuff is unreasonable and you shouldn't just take. But I mean, you got to have a bit of a thick skin, but just know that there's nothing you could possibly see. The problem quite often isn't you, especially yeah. if you're giving your true, honest opinion, then the problem's not you. The problem is with other people not being able to handle it. Yeah, it is their shortcoming. I, on my Ghostbusters review, I said uh, at the beginning, I was like, James Kirk would be happy to know that I'm taking the Kobayashi Maru test because there is no <laughs> win, There's no winning in this review. I'm yes. going to piss off half the internet, so just be honest about it. All right, next one I got here is from Tommy uh, Davini, who writes, Hey, John and Jeremy, big fan of the podcast and, and uh, videos. 
My question for Jeremy is, will you ever go back to making vlogs on your channel? Videos like when you got a speeding ticket and you talked about driver's license photos. It's ridiculously funny. It remains to be some of my favorite videos of yours. I uh, hope you take my question. Thanks. Well, Tommy, we took your question. Yeah, we did. Um, and I totally agree. I actually did a couple of videos of talking about stuff uh, where I was in front of, I mean, new desk because it's a new house now. Um, but uh, I, I do agree. I liked doing that. I actually bought a setup to do it. And then this, it's it's really funny how there is so much going on these days. And uh, I mean, we just got done talking about how it's like, oh, man, it's so fun talking about movies. But sometimes you ever have those days like an office space where he's like, I did nothing, Michael. And it was everything I thought it could be. <laughs> sometimes, you know, you run into those days. And uh, but I do agree that I, I guess I have less things to talk about now but there's always things in the world to talk about oh, yeah. and so but i mean i i for one don't like getting too political and that's like a like right now i i could just like slay with the politics you know what i mean right. like 2016 alone has been an absurd year just all around yeah um but you know like it, i i do get what you're saying i do want to do them i bought the gear to do it i bought a separate tripod i bought a separate light not a separate camera but um i i I've done it a couple times, and that's where you see when I did a video about Harmy's the Star Wars to Specialized Editions, that right. would be the setting that it would be. Um, and I do get what you're saying. I'd like to incorporate it also. I can definitely say that because they actually remain some of my favorites also because it's just so out of the blue against the grain kind of stuff. It's not a movie thing. I'm just literally talking about weird things in life. Right. And uh, But I guess uh, at a point people – got accustomed to, you know, like, oh, talking about movies. And I got accustomed to talking about movies that... And it's not like there's a lack of stuff to talk about yeah, in movies. And, and yeah, and that's the thing. It's gotten so much bigger because, I mean, you remember when we started, um, YouTube was not uh, accredited. You're like, oh, I'm a reviewer on YouTube. They're like, sweet, you're not getting press passes, right? Yeah. And so now it is. It's only gotten bigger. It's only gotten more huge. It's only gotten more recognized, which means more things go on YouTube, more trailers premiere on YouTube, more information comes out about movies. And then there's talk about that next movie that's going to happen. And now we have two comic book movie universes that are happening simultaneously. There's just three. If you count the Fox one. Oh yeah, there is three. Yeah, if you count Deadpool now, which uh, and X Men, yeah, for sure. So I mean, there's there's so much to talk about movie based that if I'm talking about something else, I'm not talking about a movie thing. And generally, movies take up a lot of my time. But I do agree. I do like those videos too. Uh, this one's interesting. This one comes from Nora Amen. Says hi, I'm Nora. I'm 19, and my question is. Do you, I think this is targeted to you, by okay. the way. Uh, do you uh, recall someone who actually commented on every single one of your Instagram pictures saying, marry me? If you do, it was me. <laughs> if you don't, uh, I still love you. And can you please put me out of my misery and actually marry me? You're awesome. And I love your hair. <laughs> so I'm, uh, do you recognize the name Nora and somebody leaving comments on your Instagram saying, marry me? I do. I do. I do feel like there was an Instagram, um, just spam fest of, uh, someone saying, uh, sorry to call your endearing affection, um, spam, but, uh, someone saying, marry me a lot. Um, I've gotten a few of those, some on Twitter also. And sometimes I'll see like these endearing weird comments on Instagram that also transcends to Twitter. And I'm like, Oh, they commented on both. That's really funny. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry. I can't marry you. Uh, because I don't want to lose half my shit when we get divorced. And that's nothing against you. That's just the way marriage works. Uh, no offense to the married man in the room uh, hosting this thing. None at all. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's just one of those things where uh, 
Yeah, it's a like comments like that are just really they they I do get amused by it. I I get amused by this is kind of off subject, but I hope uh, that Nora finds this funny. Um, there there will be those comments like a hundred bucks. Jeremy won't reply to this comment, and I won't. And there have been a couple times where I'll I'll comment below it. And I'll be like, does someone above me say something? And then like, you know, so it's not really uh, a, uh, a response. So that person really has to be like, well, did I just earn a hundred bucks or did I lose a hundred bucks? I don't really know how it goes. You know, they don't get that fulfillment, but uh, I'm sorry, I can't marry you, but, but don't let that detract from you watching the awesome tacular videos. Nor should you stop leaving those comments. Nor should uh, you stop leaving those. Thank you, John. I don't know if you've had the same experience. I remember for me when, when we started getting a little big, mm-hmm. um, I remember through my social channel, because I'm from Canada, and so I don't live in my hometown anymore. I, I'm here in Los Angeles, but I remember I started getting like messages from like women who were in my high school with me or in grade school with me, women who at the time I probably would have sacrificed my left testicle to, nice. to like have a day oh, with yeah. or something, and then have them now write to me because oh, they see me and Chris Pratt together. Right? This They're is now the writing dream. me, and it's like. You know, I always had a thing for you in high school. And I'm like, lies. Yeah, You right. would not give me the time of day yeah, in high school. Absolutely, yeah. Have I've you got had a, that sort of experience? Uh, yeah, yeah. There was this girl. Actually, she's a really sweet girl. She really is. Um, but this girl was drop-dead model gorgeous. And to her credit, she did talk with me, but I never felt that was right. there. And uh, then again, in high school, I was a nerd. So what did I know? Maybe she did have a crush on me, and I just completely flushed that down the toilet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, same. I, I've gotten that a couple. There was this one girl. I, I'm going to feel so fucking bad. But I'm not going to name you. Okay, I'm not going to name you. So if this is you, just know that, yeah, that stung a bit, but it did teach. Um, there was this girl I had a super crush on. It was actually the first date I ever went on. Oh, wow. And uh, it was in junior high. And uh, super cute. And... Uh, we ran into her friends and she was like, okay, if they ask, you're my cousin. <gasps> I swear that happened. Oh my God. Oh, it's the, it's the worst burn ever. And I rolled with it. That just like. Oh, it was a gut punch. Like, emasculated you like right oh. there on the spot. Oh, it was the worst. It hurt badly. And then. That's horrible. Oh, don't worry. A few years ago, a couple <laughs> years ago, she messages me on Facebook. And she's like, hey, yeah, well, you know, I, you know, I always, uh, always liked you. This, And I was like. Aren't you the girl who said that I was your cousin when we ran into your friends? She's like, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't have done that. And I was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have. <laughs> that was, I mean, I mean, now she's married and has a kid, so she, I'm sure she doesn't look back, so it's all good. So everyone kind of got what they wanted. But it is the dream when you grow up not the smoothest guy in school at all. You know, you have your like, all right, I have my magic cards. I'm good. <laughs> And, uh, and you know, you have your crushes because, you know, you're, you're, you're in junior high and high school. It's the way it goes. And those girls don't pay you the time of day. And then now they see you online and now suddenly they want to hang out with you. And you're like, I could, but I'm just not going to. Yeah. <laughs> so you just, you know, you can't, you know, for the childhood, you, you can't, you can't actually fold. Well, listen, uh, we're out of time. Are we out of time? Yeah, it's like been, you were already, like I was said 45 minutes, but we're already at 50. So we should do this again sometime. I think when you're in Seattle, I just get, get you on Skype and try this sometime. Okay. Uh, but this has been a lot of fun. And, you know, for those of you, uh, if there are some of you who are listening to this show and you have not checked out Jeremy John's videos, I can, I, I'm not just saying this because he's sitting here. He is absolutely one of the best there is in this business. He's so good and so entertaining to watch, but he's not just entertaining because I've seen some guys do these videos 
And yeah, they're haha, but you can kind of tell underneath that they don't know what they're talking mm-hmm, about. Right. Listening to Jeremy do movie reviews is both fun and informative. It's like it's like the the uh, the dual threat. It's great. Make sure you go and check him out. He's on youtube.com slash Jeremy John. So make sure you go check that out. And uh, I cannot wait to do movie talk with you tomorrow, Wednesday. We're going to, we're going to try, like I said, man, let's break this internet thing. And then, you know, what's funny is this is on movie talks, a little more structured, but when you said, Hey, let's, let's do this podcast about an hour long. I was like, this is going to fly by. We're not even going to hit one third of what we want to hit. No, there's probably a ton more we should go into, but uh, to quote the, uh, the stepbrothers, we are going to be here to fuck shit up. Let's do it. Uh, so that's going to be fun. So make sure you join us on uh, Collider Movie Talk Tuesday and Wednesday. And then uh, Jeremy is going to join me and Schnepp on Heroes on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to join me and Harloff on Jedi Council on Thursday. Yes. So just a whole bunch of Jeremy Johns this week. Yeah. And I'm also uh, Harloff invited me. Christian Harloff invited me to uh, be on the Schmoes No no Movie Show. Yeah. So I'll I'll be with them there too. So basically when when I get flown down to Los Angeles, I am utilized the fuck out of myself. (laughs) It's it's, it's pretty fun. We don't get you down here very often. Um, So hey, listen guys, make sure uh, Jeremy, where can people find you uh, online and follow you socially? Uh, You can find me on YouTube at Jeremy Johns. Uh, Johns is spelled with a J-A-H-N-S because at a point where you can name yourself anything i'm gonna be like hey let's name let's have my last name exactly what people have always mispronounced and misspelled all my life it, it'll make <laughs> it fine so jeremy johns on youtube uh jeremy johns on uh twitter jeremy johns on instagram facebook is real jeremy johns is the someone took jeremy johns like back when i was still oh, that's crazy yeah it, i had like ten thousand subscribers and i was like oh i guess someone snatched up jeremy i still johns. have a cyber squatter on my dot com name really yeah nice it's very infuriating uh, and you guys can find me uh of course on facebook uh, instagram twitter and YouTube, just simply add John Campy because there aren't many John Campy. Yeah, out yeah, there yeah. You all. have a unique name. Uh, so make sure you guys uh, follow me there. Make sure you're watching Collider Video this week, and of course our show Film HQ on the Comic Con HQ network. Every new uh, new episodes up every Saturday morning. Make sure you subscribe there, and don't forget, guys. We've we got shows coming from like the guys from Supernatural. We've got Nathan Fillion and Adam Tudyk have their new show starting our network. We got Mark Hamill's new show starting our network. So, and of course, I mean, there's us. We're there on Film HQ. So make sure you come and join us there for that. Uh, and uh, by the way, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, even if you don't use iTunes for as your podcast app of choice. Do me a favor, open up iTunes and search for the John Campy podcast and just rate and leave a comment. That helps the show out a great deal. So thank you, Jeremy, for being here. Thank you for having me, John. Like like you said, and I said, and I'm going to repeat it right now. It's always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure. And thank you guys for joining us. Thanks a lot for being here for the John Campy podcast. And until next time, bye-bye. The internet has changed. So should the way you bank. PNC Virtual Wallet for Digital Banking. It's time for a change. Now through March 31st, earn up to $300 when you open and use a select new virtual wallet product. Simply establish a qualifying direct deposit. To learn more, visit a branch or pnc.com slash checking offer. PNC Bank. Make today the day. Virtual Wallet is a registered trademark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association member FDIC.